plight to sign board. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body of the SK system. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. It must be annihilated. Send Rick and Daddy on War Rocket Ajax. In 2013, Ming the Merciless, ruler of the known universe, declares the Earth to immediate termination. To accomplish this awesome decree, Rick and Danny are dispatched to the planet on War Rocket Ajax. The two encountered something they never thought they'd find, though. Movies. Stalled in their given task, Rick and Denny comb the movies of the Earth, sending reports of their greatness back to Mongo in what is now called the Hail Ming Power Hour. Hi, hi, hi. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to... Hey, you know what? What? It is Tommy Lee Wallace's birthday. Tommy Lee Wallace's birthday. Yeah. So, if you don't know, he directed this movie. He wrote and directed this movie. Well, yeah, he helped He helped write it, yeah. It said <laughs> written and directed by. I mean, if you can't go by the credits, what can you go by? Yeah. I know John Carpenter had quite a bit to do with it, even though he don't want to say that. But well, anyway, so I, digress. Like <laughs> I digest. I digest. I <laughs> digest. Oh, so, folks, welcome back to Helming Power Hour. And if you if you see what's going on here, you got two hosts here. One has worked their butt off the last couple of days, and the other one is on vacation. That's right. I have done nothing. <laughs> well, you know, you, you strive at what you do best. You know, it, I feel like it's important for me to take a rest between my rests so that I'm well rested for my next rest. Nice. Yeah. But you did do something. You did watch yeah. Halloween 3. Oh, my God. I watched Halloween 3. <laughs> Season of the Witch. <laughs> so... This was brought up, I don't know, maybe not even a year ago, I guess, but you were like, you know what? I have never seen Halloween 3. Never. I've never seen it. So we've been holding this one, packing the gun for this one, because uh, it is, uh, for you that do know, it's a one-of-a-kind movie, and I, yeah, I'm anxious to see what you think about it, because I think I already know. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'd seen Halloween 6. And it was definitely better than that. Yes. I 100% agree. When it went off, when I finished it, I was like, it's still better than six. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's it's a good movie. It's I'm going to say it's a good movie. It's got its problems. Sure. But it's good. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. 
for you that don't know, which I find very rare because that's the whole reason you're clicking on this link to hear this thing is because you do know because you want to hear our opinion. But if you don't know, this is the only Halloween movie that does not have Michael Myers in it, except maybe on a TV screen. He is not the focal point of this movie. So that really uh, this thing is kind of infamous when it comes to series you know, long series of movies. This one kind of threw everybody for a, a loop. Matter of fact, we didn't even get a follow-up to this till what year was four? 89, 90? I mean, long enough for people to get over whatever they had a problem with. But, you know, again, this was the whole idea was that that Halloween was going to be an anthology. Right. And, and they made one and two. And since they both featured Michael Myers... Three was kind of a problem, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think they were smart for wanting to move it forward and kind of do a night gallery, Twilight Zone, Tales from the Dark Side kind of idea with it. But it just did not go over because Michael Myers was such a big hit. So, you know, I get it. But at the same time, it would have been interesting to see where this led to with other stuff. Yeah, it it didn't help that that. One and two both featured Michael Myers. So people had gotten to where they thought Halloween, that means Michael Myers. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, that meant that when they saw something else, they were reticent to to join into that. And they had to get back to Michael Myers before it would be an accepted um, franchise. Right. So, all right. Let's just go ahead and jump into this thing. You got anything you want to start with when we talk about this? This is from 1982. So right in the beginning of the huge era of horror flicks from the 80s. This this is kind of right there at the beginning. Yeah, you know, it's uh, 19, like you said, 1982. It was um, early in the slasher genre, really. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, you know, I think people were ready for more slasher movies. If anything, the the uh, the popularity of uh friday the 13th proves that yep and you know it, this went in a different direction and like you said it was kind of a tales from the dark side um uh, twilight Zone kind of thing going on and and it just didn't really pick up but all along i, I think that it the longevity of it is proven by the fact that people <laughs> now are excited about yeah, which they they really like what it came to provide that you know at the time people didn't really get. Yeah, I mean, I, just uh, well, we'll talk about it as we go along, but yeah, it, it's it's so ridiculous that it's awesome, <laughs> <laughs> which is our kind of movie. So no, I I don't disagree. It's it's very much the eighties for yeah. sure. It's it it's like hey, I have an idea. I'm not going to like flesh out the idea, but we'll push through it anyway. Yeah. So kind of get the ball rolling here to me when, when it just started opening up, the music started playing the first scenes going through, I said, you know, this really looks like this could have been shot on the same set as escape from New York. The way the lighting is the music. It's like somewhere between Christine and Escape from New York, which brings up a good theory of mine. Remember how we always talk about uh, Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg over the whole poltergeist thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking there was some uh, 
outside direction going on here because it is dead up Carpenter, man. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that especially in the whole uh, guy being chased through the um, through the junkyard scene and the yep. music, you know, the whole like the music is taking the place of the um, jump scare. Right. It's very much, but it says right there that John Carpenter did the music, and, yes. and I think he's probably much like um, John Williams. You know, he's he's watching the movie and making the music as he goes, and you know that that that's okay. I mean, it's it. I don't think that Tommy Lee Wallace is incapable of making a movie like this, I and mean, no. he's proven he could be. You know, sure. he's a, he's a Joe Dante. He's picking up where other people left off and making. It, significant you know serious plots and yeah good movies but um yeah i see what you're saying there that john carpenter had a little more than a um an observatory kind of thing going on what's cool about this too even looking at the credits of everybody involved here normally when you get to about the third movie in a series you're dropping that <laughs> the, the the cost as low as possible but come on man you got dean cundy still doing the photography Tommy Wallace stepping in and doing his best carpenter. You know, really, this is bigger budgeted than most third in a series would get. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, it's it's it shows it. You know, I don't think the production value is lost. I Like mm -hmm. you said about coming up with a premise and then running with it, it was more of a plot kind of thing. It was It was like, let's just get this movie made. But I don't think that it was... It was shortchanged. I think it was just it was made and and they were cranking out another movie, you know, yep. almost grindhouse, but yep. not not so much cheapskate. Yeah. Yeah. So you got the great Tom Atkins. Yeah. I mean, is there a movie that he's in that he's not a reward in, right? I mean, it's oh, it's Tom goodness. Atkins, man. Uh people love to put out the the memes and stuff of him in this movie because, you know, he's a established doctor. He doesn't have time for families. Family's falling apart. Yeah. Ex-wife. Always promising to come to pick up the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think it's definitely a, uh, a middle-aged man's fantasy at some point. <laughs> so he's doing his business. And you can tell every woman that he's associated with in this movie He's already been with her, or he's about to. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got in here that he is like the James Bond of the Halloween uh, series here. That you know, like the coroner, yeah, he's bagged her. It's obvious. You know, <laughs> yep. The nurse, maybe, maybe. You know, like there, there, there's some issue there. But like he said, I should have married you first, right? Right, right. There, there isn't a woman there that he hasn't had some kind of a connection with, and maybe follow that through fruition. <laughs> And I mean, it's just perfect casting, right? I mean, he's just, he's nailing it. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this thing moves on. You got anything from the first part of the movie you kind of want to bring up or? Well, I'm just going to say, all right, all right. So we talked about the music and I think that that goes without saying, you know, you got a John Carpenter film with John Carpenter music. It's going to be some, heavy synthesizer oh, yeah. you know, um, uh, fair. But I want to say at, uh, at 550, dude gets squished by a Cadillac. You know, like he, there, there's a there's a, a heated chase scene at the beginning yeah. where 
a main character who has yet to be introduced gets chased down by one of the the uh, faceless automatons of the silver silver shamrock goon squad. <laughs> and uh, while he's being choked, you know, he, he manages. And can we talk about the giallo? It's very oh, yeah. obviously influenced yeah. by giallo. There's a nope. lot of like the hand groping for something off the screen. You just see the hand and the item. Um, this Not only that, but this movie moves. It progresses like a giallo as well. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of real, I don't even know what to say, like clear film quality to it where, where like a lot of it is is almost almost voicelessly yep. described. Not that there aren't some people who describe the plot, you know, like the drunk or mm-hmm. like the multiple people who come to the factory, you know, who kind of explain the plot. But there's a lot of real heavy-handed like like um visual imagery that explains the plot. And in in this case, you know, the, he pulls a a chalk out from under a tire and a car comes and crushes the guy that's trying to kill him. And it's very much just kind of a it wouldn't matter if the sound was on or off. You could get the idea of what's going on here. Yeah. And you know, on top of that, you know, you got the the, the killers are kind of um well, they're their own thing. I don't want to give a spoiler yet. Yeah, right. But, um, you know, they're they're uh, they're Irish um, um, agents <laughs> of the Silver Shamrock Company, and they also have a secret. <laughs> I just love the fact of you know they're all Irish. You know, it's kind of like uh, in Samurai Cop. It's supposed to be this Japanese gang, <laughs> and there's one person in the whole gang that's Japanese. Nobody else is, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you kind of get the same kind of logic here, but. Uh, you know, you get the case where the guy gets away from getting, you know, the guy gets crushed with the car. He runs away, goes to the gas station, uses the phone, has some side of some kind of heart attack yeah. and gets rushed to the hospital by the guy at the gas station, leaving the gas station unattended. Just saying. But, you know, who knows? People were kinder, I guess, in 82. Yeah, 82 <laughs> was was known for its uh, humanitarianism. <laughs> Well, if I had the Hail Ming button, it'd be ringing right now. Hail <laughs> Ming. I want to say that, that you know, like the quote that he gives when he's going unconscious is very different. <laughs> yeah. The quote in the hospital. And it's not all that accurate. He says, they're coming. They're coming. So for those of you who are not um, initiated, you know, the, this the, it starts out with a chase. A guy is like frantically running away. A guy in some some really shiny shoes chases him down and tries to choke him. And he manages to pull a chalk and a, and a car crushes him. You know, um, and, you know, it's really um, it's really stiff in the yeah. way that it's driven. But that's a reason for that. Sure. And then um, and then the main character, he's they're coming. They're coming. And he falls unconscious. I don't know that anybody's coming really like yeah. you know, this for accuracy's sake there there is something that's going to happen but yeah. people aren't really coming yeah i totally agree yeah Especially, you know but and that that's that is kind of weird when you think back on it because yeah that they don't they don't have to come after anybody they just make this thing happen it's merchandising right right, right? it's it's um it is what it is but we'll get to that and i don't th- i don't want to be i don't want to soften it or to uh to be, yeah. besmirch it it's it's really a good thing and once he gets to the hospital his uh, his quote becomes uh they're coming to kill us all all of us and that, yeah. that's a lot more accurate kind of covers it us. yeah they're gonna kill us all yeah they're going to kill us all they're not coming to kill us because they're not coming 
the the, um, the the infrastructure is all in place. It's just a matter of setting it in place. And, and yep. I again, I think it's a brilliant idea for for a Halloween movie. I think it's 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 really solid. It's much better than your slasher genre. It's it's way more complicated. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just you know the payoff at the end is you know it's like. Did we just get into Scooby Doo or something here? What happened? <laughs> right. What happened? Maybe, maybe they thought you know since since uh, episode since Halloween one got an immediate segue into Halloween two. Maybe they thought Halloween two would have an or Halloween three would have an immediate segue into Halloween four. But Who it knows? Didn't. It didn't. Yeah. And you get all kinds of symbolism here. Of course, Tom Atkins gets introduced introduced this point. He's a doctor. He's going to his ex wife's house pick up the kids. Oh, crap. I can't pick them up. I just got called back into work. Sorry. <laughs> you just have to keep them again. I'll come pick it up this weekend. I promise. And he whips out these little masks, which are kind of the masks that I had growing up. The little Walmart suits you used to buy. Yeah. yeah. And the kids are like totally disappointed. Right. And she's like, well, he's like, the kids are like, we've already got masks. And they pull out these nice. Let's face it. These masks are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some, some solid latex. They even show how they're they're created there yeah exactly yeah. yeah so he goes back to work that's where this guy is that said everybody's coming to kill him and all that stuff and here comes another sharp dressed man in there with shiny shoes and this 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 is the most yellow like yeah. scene in the film like yep. they even follow him down the hallway just showing his shoes and his hands and the leather gloves it, it is absolutely like you know somebody's gonna get murdered at uh-huh. the end of the scene. And you expect them to go, it's a me, Dario. Dario. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to be the one who wears the gloves because it's not an it's not a narcissistic thing, but right. I just yeah. I just perform better than anybody else with gloves. Plus right. it's better if I'm killing my own wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh Dario. Oh man. So yeah. Uh this scene, let's, let's, you know, this is where you kind of see, okay, these people that are coming to kill people, whoever, yeah. Yeah, have yeah. some abnormal strength, abnormal abilities. Because they basically just walk up, do the two-finger death punch, right in the dude's eyeballs, grabs the, the cartilage yeah. and everything between and just snaps. It's pretty gruesome. He, doesn't he, like, he brings up the fist and then, like, Kicks dude. out the two fingers and if dude could only done this, right? <laughs> you know, I noticed that that his his hands weren't really secured or anything. He was just kind of like he's resigned to it. He was like, yeah. you know, I'm here in the hospital. I might as well just give up. Yeah. Is that you again, Nurse Margaret? <laughs> what is his name? Mr. Blankenship? Sure. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyways, so- dude gets the axe or the two finger, two finger death punch. And uh, so this uh, brings in his daughter, who's trying to find him or find out who killed him. Yeah. Ellie. And who do you think she teams up with? Tom, Tom Atkins. <laughs> Good old Dan. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Chalice. D- yeah. Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan Chalice. Chalice. So he's like, hey, you know what? We know where all this is happening. Let's go to this little town. <laughs> we'll get us a room together. We'll pretend we're the Smiths. <laughs> Not the band, the Smiths. We'll just call ourselves the Smiths. Right, right. 
and uh, you know, we'll hang out and try to figure out what we can uh, come up with. She'll take, she'll take a bow. All right, so I just got to point this out. Why did this whole thing start on October 23rd? Okay. Well, so they, like, like October 23rd, the guy gets chased down. October 24th, his daughter comes in and, and, and identifies him as the murder victim. And then they jump to October 27th. <laughs> Like, like, why bother to have three days that are disappeared here? Like, well, you know what happened over those three days? That's when Tom Atkins said, "Hey, you want me to sleep out in the car?" And she's like, "You can sleep wherever you want to." And then three days later, except that that didn't happen. <laughs> it happened on screen, and it was like, you know what? I'm older than I look. That's just to keep you guys from thinking this is too creepy. <laughs> Yeah, I was watching that and I was like, yeah, there's no doubt that some middle-aged dude wrote this script because it's like, you know, what if what if a, a young hot chick just decided it was time to do it with an older guy? You know, like, I'm just gonna write this in right now. And of course, Tom Atkins has to get on the phone. Yeah, honey, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm out of town. I can't pick up the kids. I'm up here with a bunch of doctors doing stuff. What's going on? I don't know. Some kind of convention. Doctors everywhere. <laughs> And then he's back in the high life again, putting that Miller high life on the car. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, honey. I can't tell you the name of the the, the hotel that we're going to be staying in. It's just a bunch of doctors. And he puts that six pack on the, on the car. Like, yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, man. Classic. It's Tom Atkins. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm sure, you know, I wonder if there was any liberties. Hey, you know, it'd be cool. I had a, a six pack like, yeah, it's all had it on set. <laughs> he just had it on set. He was like, he came into work that day and he had like a six pack with him. And like, yeah, roll with it. Put that on, <laughs> put that on screen, buddy. But yeah, he jumps in the car. He's he's like, hey, look, I know I'm sorry. I'll take him trick or treating or whatever, whatever. Yeah, fine. Bye. <laughs> and then he, she's like, I didn't know. Yeah, he hangs up. But God, what a bitch, you know, like and then he puts his. His beer in the car and he's gone with uh with with the daughter of probably somebody about the same age as he is. I mean right. yeah. probably <laughs> pretty close, I would think. We're talking about some old boy scenario here, like, well, you know, sure she's young, but whatever. Hey, you know what? We've never done old boy. Old boy. Yeah. You introduced me to that movie. Do what? You introduced yeah. I came and did that that haunted house with you, and you were like, You gotta watch old boy, and you were right. like Maybe after we get through our Halloween season here, we'll we'll kick up some old boy. Kick up some old boy. Yeah. I'm 100% on that. That movie is deeper than some of its parts, but that doesn't mean we'll do that here. Right. <laughs> so, have, <laughs> have you ever seen Dead and Buried? I can't remember if you ever watched it or not. No. It, it, it's a very Twilight zone type story this movie from this point right here when when you get to meet the townspeople and everything yeah we need we need to do dead and buried i need to send you a copy because i I think that the that the um the town of san mira is actually a pretty good creepy element to this whole thing absolutely it's like a company town all the people believe in the benefactor even though he doesn't appear to be doing anything for anybody but they're all they're all kind of good and happy with their thing but at the same time they're they're in it a little bit right yeah. you know they know something's up but they're willing to to ignore it right 
Yeah. So that yeah. that kind of gives me the same idea of what happens in Dead and Buried as far as this town. It's it's got that creepy element. And another thing too, I lost count of how many times somebody looks out the window or looks across the way and there's just a person standing still. Right. Right. It's all over the place. And this is something that Carpenter's always been a fan of. I mean, Michael Myers was the shape that just stood there. You got the fog where they just kind of stand there and look. You got uh, Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness when he looks out and Alice Cooper and them standing out there. I mean, it's it's a creepy thing, but he uses that a lot. And again, Tom Lee Wallace probably said, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it doesn't help to have a cult. It doesn't help. It doesn't hurt to have a collaborator. Collab- right. I mean, we got all these guys down out here that are, you know, wearing, you know, business suits from Willard's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they got their hands out to the side like they're Sasquatches. You know, there's, there's some weirdness going on with that. But like, that, that's the whole thing is they're supposed to look alien. All right. My favorite scene is right here close. Yeah. <laughs> it's the peop- It's the family that pulls up in the Winnebago. <laughs> I love the scene because the boy buddy. gets on his bike, little buddy, and he rides off and she's like, be back for dark. And he like flips her off. <laughs> yeah, he gives you the finger on the way out. Like, Don't ride on the street. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, you know, and that whole thing is, is a pretty serious plot explanation extravaganza they they meet oh, yeah. top salesman who sold all this that's who that ends up being and then they meet marge marge sure <laughs> they, they meet the, the the lady sitting next door who's also just kind of like oh uh, yeah another salesperson like, yeah yeah and she's trying to get some inventory for her uh for her store and you know she's over there picking it up because apparently getting it shipped isn't good. You know it's it's not a very um, um, understandable scenario from today's economy. But absolutely, you know, yeah. You, know, you wouldn't drive to California to pick up inventory. You know you just get a truck to drive. Right. But hey, you got to have extra people in this movie to for things to happen, right? Right. And when they they. Like I said, it's a lot of plot explanation. They're like, I can't believe I have to come here to pick up inventory for Silver Shamrock. They used to be a small place, and now they're a big place, and they're making stuff worldwide. They're sending all kinds of myths everywhere. And hey, mm-hmm. by the way, you know, it's uh, it's kind of heavy handed, but it's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. We need to know more about the Silver Shamrock. And how about the whole town? There's security cameras everywhere, and everything is ran by this factory. <laughs> I mean, everything. Is ran by this factory in town. There's a six o'clock curfew. Yeah, yeah. Even your cats can't be outside. Yeah, they get they get the little kitten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so definitely something's going on. But you know what? Tom Atkins don't care because chick just came out of the out of the bathroom in a in a nightgown and he's got a nighty and a yep. yeah. He's ready he's to rumble. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. So you got Tom Atkins. He's a doctor. They're at this town where this factory is making these masks and they've got these commercials. We haven't talked about the commercials. <laughs> we haven't right? talked about the commercial. I mean, the commercials are ubiquitous. I had seen them before I saw the movie. That, yeah. that, you know, there was this, oh, okay, kids. It's eight <laughs> days till Halloween. Make sure you're wearing your silver shamrock mask for the big giveaway. It is so creepy just in itself. And I think it's, it's masterful. The way that yeah. it's done it's 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 really creepy and it doesn't do much 
it's doing a lot with a little is what it is. Hey, it's, it's, again, 1982, the whole opening sequence, the whole credits at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Com- computerized. It's kind of ahead of its time. It's got some uh, it's got some pixels. And as they're broken yeah. down, it pans back and it's a jack-o'-lantern face. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing. I mean, I agree. Um, but I, I got to point this out. And I know this a little earlier, but after the <laughs> realtor who is Ellie's dad gets killed in the hospital, there's a fireman. Yeah, I know, I know you know what I'm talking about. You know, Tom Atkins is. I'm sorry, honey. I can't watch the kids anymore. Ever. Because <laughs> Ever. they're not really my kids and I've got to go. Like, and then in the background, there's this fireman. He's leaning up against Tom Atkins's refrigerator and he's like he's wearing like the fireman hat inside. There's no fire going on. And he's just like, and a cop comes over near the end and he's just like, hey, buddy, do you need somebody to like act off of? And he's like, yeah, I really could use somebody to act off of because I've just been sitting here shaking my head for like two minutes solid now. Um, because, and the reason he's there is because the guy who killed Ellie's dad set himself on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. Pretty I good mean, scene, too. Pretty good it, scene. He kills, he kills her dad. He's, he stabs him in the, breaks his septum, gives him that deviated septum surgery. Yeah. And then, um, and then he walks out and the, you know, Tom Higgins is like, oh, I'm going to chase you out the door. He chases him out the door and he gets into the car and he pours himself full of gasoline and ladder up on fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's, There's nothing it's, that's good. more Halloween than that. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I mean, and that kind of leads to this. And again, going back to the, the, the corner, the lady at the lab. I mean, she's in this movie a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. I like and, her. And yeah, it's like, hey, if you got anything on this, well, you know, I don't know about that, but I do know about this. And hey, I found something in the car that, you know, uh, doesn't really look like an automotive part. Right. She, she's like, uh, you know, I didn't see any bones or anything, just car parts. <laughs> and, you know, that kind of comes around later because, you know, it's much like that episode of Scooby-Doo where the guy's like the the puppet master and everybody's mechanic. Well, guess yep. what? Yep. Guess what? The, the, uh, the head of OCP over here has got a secret. But yeah, every time he gets in, in a pinch, that's who he calls on. And, yeah. Hey, see what you can find out about this, uh, about this guy, right? Or, Hey, see what you can find out about this area. Or so that's kind of a cool, you know, person that you can always go back and refer to. So that, that works out pretty well in this. Um, Let's see. I, I left out a point that I wrote down. It said, she's ready to go to work and look for her dad, and Tom's ready to go to work in bed. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, so so there's – so so Tom Atkins, you know, Dr. Dan Chalice, is, um, is trying to figure out what happened to this patient who got brought in and then was murdered by a guy who set himself on fire. And his daughter comes in, and he's like, you know, she's kind of hot, but – I'm a man of value and I'm not going <laughs> to make that happen until, you know, she says, okay. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and, he's drinking but, in the bar and, and uh, yeah, she comes and finds him. They go to San Mira after checking out the ledger at the hardware slash grocery store. And then there they are. It's time to bone. <laughs> yeah, man. 
And, you know, and it's the setup, too, right? Because it's just like you said, from a degree, degree, it's probably what he was like. I'm not going to push this, but, you know, if it happens, it happens. But he just happens to say, hey, you want me to go sleep in the car? It'd be better than sleeping on the floor. And there you go. Yeah, and, and and she's like, you know, I'd rather you kiss me. And he's like, hey, I got this six-pack uh, Miller High Life here. And, you know, it's, it's time to go. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> well, what about the what about the motel owner? He was like, oh, yeah. oh, well, you know, old Cochran, he's a good old boy. And uh, how much would it take? A, well, uh, $40 sounds great. You know, what is this guy? What is this guy? Well, it's again, they got to point out that everybody there is Irish. And, you know, it's that whole thing because nobody else is smoking any kind of Irish slang yet. So you have to have that to say, oh, hey, we must be in Little Ireland now. That's Mr. Cochran. He's a good guy. Even though he he creepily drives his Cadillac around here at 10 miles an hour. (laughs) Because it's big trouble. In Little Ireland. Oh, my God. I didn't even make the connection. (laughs) Yeah. And Tommy Lee Wallace playing keyboards. Or and we're guitar. Go. Was he in that? Was he in the Coupe de Ville's? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. He's one of he's one of the he's the 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 Carpenter Trinity there. What it was Nick Castle. Yeah. Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee Wallace. And, John and Carpenter. And Joan Baez, I think. I couldn't remember who the other one is. <laughs> what did he do? What, I mean, I'm not trying to be insulting. What did he do though? Like, well, just watch the video again. He's the guy with the long red curly hair. <laughs> Is he wearing a necktie around his head? He's, Ladies and gentlemen, J.J. <laughs> Abrams. <laughs> That's pretty close. <laughs> nice. Oh, but yeah, he's he's in the he's in the Coupe de Ville's man. So he's he's got cred, street cred. <laughs> I I would see the Coupe de Ville's. I would I would yeah. go, I would pay some money. Heck yeah, man! You know if. Carpenter really wants to take his his you know live music show to another degree. Bring out the Coupe de Ville's, man. Break it out. I'll, I'll go. <laughs> I mean, Tommy Lee Wallace probably isn't doing. I mean, no offense, but <laughs> he did want to come on the show. His his agent or something like yeah. said that he would come on the show, and then I made fun of his name a whole bunch in the Fright Night <laughs> episode, and I didn't know that. Like, I just make fun of everybody's name. Like, Way to go, man! We could have had a legit person on this show, and no, <laughs> thanks to you. Sorry, no, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, yeah. There you go. I'm so. Gonna- we yeah. have, they either get the big tour of the of the factory with the 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 guy that sold the most right, products for right, the company right. and buddy who's there because he's the top salesman right and he's there with his family and they're getting shown and hey what about my friends over here now, what's his <laughs> name and what's her face come on in too yeah. I know yeah. them people I met them once outside. Sure. They get into the factory and 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 they they tag along with the uh, factory um, tour, yeah. That the top salesman's getting, you know, and they show everybody making the witch mask and the pumpkin mask and the skull mask, and yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of it. And they're like, "Oh, you can't go past these doors because that's where you know heavy that's chemical control. Yeah, quality control. You can't go in there." Yeah. So that's where the real secret of what's going on here. Um, but then you get back at the hotel, you get the lady that 
finds the chip yeah. off of the back of the mask, and she takes a hairpin out and <laughs> hits it, and then, like, Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber comes shooting out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's some serious business there. Like, you know, and, and in the meantime, on the other side, you know, Tom Atkins is doing it with a much younger chick. And, <laughs> and, like, and she's like, what was that? Or he's like, what was that? And they're like, oh, who cares? And they keep boning. Yep. She's like, my face is burning. My mouth is blown up and there's bugs crawling out of my face. And he's like, yeah, that's happening over here, too. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean, what the and the bugs, I guess. So, so I think we forgot to mention that one of the stones of Stonehenge has been stolen. <laughs> yeah. And kind they show it on the news early on note that, that like. <laughs> That during all this, like one of the stones of Stonehenge, the easternmost moonstone or whatever, has been stolen. And, you know, spoiler alert, it shows up. Yeah. In the factory. I'm just trying to figure out, did nobody see like a big semi or something coming down the road with a big chunk of rock on it and got go, hey. <laughs> I think they said something about it being like five tons or something. Like, right. How did this? Okay. All right. I mean. This doesn't shine a good light on the UK. And this is even worse than like, you know, I don't know, like the Roger Moore uh, uh, 007 movies. Like, like somebody snuck away with like a whole rock from Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah. Even even when when they, I don't know, we'll talk about it after a while, but even if I was like, I can't believe we got it here. <laughs> yeah. What were you saying? I was just saying this movie's crazy though. Like I, I want to like it and it's like it doesn't want me to like it. You know, like the whole the whole Tom Atkins, you know, deadbeat dad thing is, is pretty is pretty hard to ignore. And then like it's it's almost like they double and triple down on that where they're like yeah, he's a shit heel, but he's also a bad dad, and he's kind of like a kind of like a misogynistic, like you know, player. And, sure. and it, well, none of these things are necessarily good, but I, I guess I can get behind it, sorta. <laughs> <I'm>, I mean, <laughs> well, he does, uh, you know, try to wrong the right here in a little bit. Anyways, at least he tries to save his kids' lives. <clears throat> true true which so, i mean yeah there's some of that uh, everyone has their vice his just happens to be about 20 years old <laughs> <laughs> she's much older than she looks yeah she says, she says it, so it's okay so after the tour they're outside of the factory and then yeah. she sees her dad's car yeah so she knows her dad's been killed. They've done all the nukes around, you know, they're all hanging yeah. out in like like alleyways and little alcoves. And she runs past all of them and she's like, This is my dad's car. And yep. then they like, you know, they 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 circle on her pretty quick. Yep. And that lets them know right there that something is really up. So they go back to the the motel and hey, you pack your stuff. I'm gonna call the cops. Well, guess what? The factory runs the phone system too. Right, that's right. Nine one one doesn't get through. That's right. how. So, in the middle of that, somehow she ends up disappearing. Then all of a sudden, it's on. He's being chased oh. by these people that chased the guy in the first 
part of the movie. Yeah. And this this really clears up something that I've always thought, and that is Dick Warlock is a robot. <laughs> it it doesn't surprise me. Like so so again, like I said, you when when you get into the whole uh uh, Scooby-Doo, there's the whole episode where the guy has got the the, the puppeteering name. He's created the... That's what this is, man. Yeah. Uh, Dan, Dan O'Hurley, you know, the, the guy from uh, OCP, he's controlling the whole Silver Shamrock company. You know, he's like the white dude in charge of everything. And he's totally... Mm-hmm. He's totally got robots running the whole place yeah and they're also his killers and they're also like apparently his grandma over here knitting in the corner man is that that was good that was that, well done that that that's the part that reminded me the most of of uh scooby-doo actually like you know so so you got tom atkins he finds some lady who's who's knitting in the corner and he's like where is she where is she and shakes her and her head falls off and it's like one of those witch masks you know that's just painted flesh colored and and it's a uh, it's a robot. It's a robot. A toy robot. A toy robot. <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, I, I think it's a it's a nice setup because it really makes you go, oh, you know what this is? Kiss meets the Phantom. Kiss meets the Phantom. The guys building the robots to take over and kill Kiss and get rid of the 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 amusement park. I mean, that's I'm I'm gonna tell I'm gonna say it right here. Tommy Lee Wallace ripped off Kiss Meets Phantom of the Park. You know, and Scooby Doo. Everybody's gonna leave their seat on that one. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, Scooby Doo and the Kiss movie, both Hanna Barbera products too. Hanna Barbera, Tommy Lee Wallace. There you go. Right, Silver Shamrock. <laughs> I really yeah. did like the, those commercials. I see why they come around every year because they mm-hmm. are kind of timeless in that they're they're creepy and commercial, and they kind of point out how. Commercial endeavors can be kind of scary. It's kind of like when you see the pictures that keep floating back that people share on Facebook of like kids dressed up for Halloween, like in the 1800s. And it's the creepiest looking crap you've ever seen. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It really is. And the silver shamrock thing is totally the, the, the same. It's kind of like a timeless weirdness. Yeah. It's creepy because it's made for kids, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't know about this. And the kids are all like, ah, it's great. I was getting uh, off camera. I was getting some kind of cue, but I didn't understand. Oh. <laughs> oh, but yeah, man, the big fight with Dick Warlock and he rips and rips into his chest and pulls out a bunch of wires and phantasm tall man blood. It's cool. Yeah, there's some phantasm there too. Like, yep. you know, there's some phantasm in this. Yep. Like when they're when they're riding to San Mira and the music and the car, it, it, it's it's kind of this uh, I don't know, the uh a separation from reality that happens in Phantasm too, where it's kind of like you're on this journey with the characters and the characters are getting away from the status quo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the plus the the best part of the whole movie is when Reggie jumps out and goes, "This not going to leak on my ice cream, is it?" <laughs> He's got that four barrel barrel shotgun. <laughs> so Tom Atkins gets captured by the hooligans, 
He's taken in to see the inner works of what's really going on. This is where the whole story is spelled out in front of us. I love it when they walk into the big lab area there, and it's like you got all these guys at the computer, and I was like, man, this looks like, you know, you got craft work down here working on their new album. <laughs> and then you see these guys over here, and hey, there's that Stonehenge monument that's missing. And they're just like, they're chipping pieces off of it with a hammer and chisel. Like, like, well, this whole TV broadcast won't work unless we chip off this part of Stonehenge to put in the TV antenna. Yeah. And, what? and they they put it into the little silver shamrock emblems on all the mask. So silver shamrock. Yeah. So there you go, folks. In, in order to make the the evil happen, we're taking Stonehenge, breaking it off in little pieces, putting it on a mask. That way, when you watch the TV commercial, bugs and snakes start coming out your mouth. Right. Like, because otherwise it would just be a laser that melts your brain. But yeah. Because everybody knows that Stonehenge has everything to do. There's even a rattlesnake that comes out of that one kid's mouth. I'm like, how does this make any sense? It's cool. <laughs> it, bites, it bites dude's leg. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, my son is dead. But I have to be dead, too. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess a rattlesnake is going to bite me. I mean, it, it's it's a cool scene because you see his head start to deteriorate. You don't really see it, but the way that yeah. it's done, it's it's done very well. And then everything starts coming out very creep show-ish, you know? And uh, you know, that scene actually is probably the creepiest scene in the movie yeah. for me. Yeah. Like, because so, so to set this up, like they show Tom Atkins, they're like, Oh, by the way, here's what's going on. And they take the <clears> top <throat> salesman and his family and they set him into some kind of a, you know, like a, uh, like a show house living room, yeah. you know, where it's got like a, like a TV. And of course the kid plops down in front of the TV and turns it on. It's the silver shamrock, big giveaway. Watch <laughs> the big giveaway at nine o'clock, you know, and they're watching that. And he puts on his silver shamrock mask that he just got from the, uh, from the factory earlier. And, uh, and it melts his head. And then like bugs and snakes start coming out of it. And I don't even see what happened to his mom. Like no, she just she faints. Really, I mean, everybody just dies in that room. Yeah, and you know, and and uh, and you know, the the uh, the navigator from from uh, Last Starfighter is over here going, <laughs> "Oh, isn't this great? Isn't it wonderful?" <laughs> but, but like, it's some creepy stuff, man. How about uh, did you see how big that computer was just to play the video? <laughs> I'm like, dude, you could just go buy, you know, a Sony, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I like that he's got to push like four buttons. Yeah, so there's a whole process. Like, they love that blinking light console because they use it for everything in, in the every shot in there has that blinking console on it. <laughs> like the Death Star, you know, it's it's like, you know, in order to blow up this planet, we've got to push these four buttons. Yeah. And they've got to be in the right sequence. Like what would happen if you didn't push those buttons? That's Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so he asked where the girl is. They show her on a video of another room, which they didn't have to use a computer for that. <laughs> but he could see the screen. She's laying there, strapped down to a table. She's fine. But then we take Tom Atkins, put him in a room, strap him to a chair, throw on Halloween on TV for him yeah. to watch. Because at 9 o'clock, and they throw a mask on him, at 9 o'clock, it's going to kill him too. But lo and behold... Tom Atkins is smarter than that, but yeah, he, he, he gets away. He gets away. But let's let's try to talk about 
why <laughs> why Cochran is doing all this? <laughs> well, so you know, I think you had a good point when you said that he just hates kids. Yeah. I mean, but, that's part uh, of it. What he said was that was that that, that Samhain, you know, um, um, Halloween was once a major staple of the Druidic holiday series, and and it required sacrifice. Yeah. And now it's just a matter of giving kids candy, and that's not okay. Right. We're gonna get it back to the original meaning by so, killing all of them. <laughs> So he, he steals a stone from Stonehenge and and uh, and makes a bunch of masks and he's gonna kill a whole bunch of kids and their yeah. families. Again, I love the fact that when they show the Stonehenge thing and he's like, "Yeah, I don't even know how we got it here." <laughs> you know, I'm just as amazed as you are. <laughs> oh yeah, man, it, um, it gets a little dicey at that point. You know, yeah, he's, he's Irish, so you know you got the whole Stonehenge. Except that Stonehenge isn't on Ireland, is it? It's it's in the UK. East, United yeah. Kingdom. It's northern United Kingdom. But like, <laughs> so you know, he's got Stonehenge, and he's 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 wanting to bring it back. He's wanting to take it back to formula, you know, like right. OG kind of style. Yeah. Um, and kinda. instead of giving kids candy, he wants to yeah. give ancient gods kids souls, a la Wicker Man kind of idea, right? So. You know, this is how this is how the, the planets are aligned and this is the way it's supposed to be done. This is the last time this has happened in 3000 years. Sure. So you get all this big story with this. And, you know, then Tom Atkins does what Tom Atkins does. He raises up and busses the TV out with his feet, even though they're still tied up, takes a piece of the TV screen, cuts himself loose. How about him flinging that mask on that security camera? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. dude, that's a good, you know. 12, you know, close to 20 foot throw and it lands perfectly on it. That's, and it's Tom Atkins. That's what happens when you have the power of having sex with a 22 year old. Right? That's right. And some Miller Lite. <laughs> oh. uh, high life, man. There were no Miller Lite at this point. That's right. That's yeah. right. The night belongs to Um. So, yeah. So he, he thwarts the villain's plan and then like he takes it a step further. He gets a hold of a bunch of those chips that are in the mask and he dumps them down into the, uh, the bullpen where the guys are doing the the whole, uh, yeah, he just, he uh, climbs up on the catwalk and just starts dumping them. And they're like, just everything going off, killing all craft works, getting all killed down there. And he somehow he like Casey went down there first, and he like turned on. He pushed those buttons and start <laughs> the whole thing. So now the lasers are shooting all the guys in lab coats, and and guess what? They're all gonna die. And uh, and you know, and old OCPs over here going, all right, nice job, nicely done, because he knows it's over. Because like then then after all the the guys in lab coats, there's just like a ring, like yeah. a circle of power that like shoots blue light in the you know uh, OCP's head, yeah. and he's like super powered now. I guess <laughs> now his head turns into cream cheese, and then he just disintegrates, man. <laughs> but I you know of course the whole thing is you know if a little bitty chunk of Stonehenge and you put it in the back of a mask can do what it does. Imagine what the whole stone can do when you play this commercial in front of it. Right, right. And 
what did they, did they not test that beforehand? I'm just trying to think of the logic behind, you know, how did they find out that Stonehenge had this magic? Is it yes. an old an old tale? I mean, it's just um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. But yeah, he goes and saves the girl, gets her. They come out. <laughs> I, I cracked up, man. I busted out laughing when they're sneaking back into the lab, and they've got that whole rack of masks, and they're just they're hiding behind them that whole rack, and they're just pushing it along, like <laughs> nobody's gonna see it. <laughs> I'm just, and I'm just like, <laughs> if, you guys, if you've ever played uh, Metal Gear Solid, there's a point where you can get under a box, and you can you can hide in a box. And like, if you move too fast, then one of the, the guards will be like, it's a box. Right. And then I'll kick it over. Like, why is this box moving? Like <laughs> that, that guy's more astute than these dudes. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that he sneaks up with everybody there and types in <laughs> the, the right pattern or whatever, like he would know what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, it's Tom Atkins. He can do anything. So then he gets, so, so in another phantasm thing he gets in the car yeah and he's there with uh with ellie and he's like well we've we've got to stop it you know before it kills all these kids and she she does this the she does a deadly friend thing you know yeah yeah that head turn yeah and you're like oh it's on the next thing you know she's trying to grab him by the throat and kill him and he rams his cutlass into a tree and <laughs> what else would he drive? I mean, once it comes out. Yeah. And he's in the arm, her arm, even he hits his big tree and it throws her out, but her arm is still hung on the armrest <laughs> on the car, on the, on the passenger side. So, so of course he puts it in his lap, you know, <laughs> Harold Bing. He fights, he fights her off because, yeah. you know, it's, uh, yeah, he goes outside. She's got this little twig sticking out here, and it's spraying stuff everywhere. And then he basically t- car tools her head, knocks her head off, and he gets back in the car. And then all of a sudden, the attack of the killer arm starts happening. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, because you've got to at this point, you've got to like draw the movie out as long as you can because it's over. Right. So you get the whole. <laughs> you get the whole. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And then he beats it as quickly as it comes along. He's like, right. Oh, it's just an arm. Just, and he just slings it. Here, then all of a sudden, the, then you get another a, a surprise attack. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of what you expect. She's a bot, man. They took her and changed her, and now she's a robot. So she's long gone. Or, you know, I don't know. Maybe Tom picks up the rest and say, hey, I'll save this for later. Yeah, save it. Yeah, I think. No, no, he he's got plenty. He's got plenty. <laughs> don't worry about that. He's like, uh, well, this one's gone. I mean, do we even worry about what happened, to Ellie? No, nah, no. Really. Nah. Does he? No, nah. He don't care. Her dad's dead, right? No, nobody really cares about her anymore. Now, nah. so just like the beginning of the movie, he's run up to the same gas station. Same gas station must be use the, the telephone. Era. Yeah, and uh, and even the guy at the gas station, like, hey, don't I know you? You look familiar. Nope, you don't know me. That guy with the with the real flat, yeah, flat face. You know. Uh-huh. So we get in there. We're trying to call everybody and get the the channels to shut off the commercial so it doesn't happen. Then you get a group of kids that actually come in the store trick or treating. The commercials on, and you get the shot of him watching them turn off the commercials on certain channels, but he can't get to all of them. And the commercial plays, and he's screaming, "Turn it off!" 
off. No. Yeah, it's a ding, 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 ding. It's yep. a big giveaway, kids. Right. <laughs> and that kind of, that's your ending, man. Him screaming on the phone and trying to stop this thing from happening. He calls his wife at one point, hey, you got to get, you got to get rid of the mask. And I was like, what's up with his voice at this point? I know he's trying to be quiet, but you, you don't have to go up another register and listen to me. I, I you need, too, no, like, I've not been drinking. <laughs> like, so, so, and here's the other thing, like, again, the first Halloween, they didn't really set it up for a sequel. And this one, yeah. more than obviously did. They were like, sure, maybe we can do episode four as a continuation, like the minute after, like episode two was to episode one. But uh, people didn't bite, man. But it, but it kind of works, too, because it leaves you on that cliffhanger thing. So, yeah, you could have carried it on. But it works fine like it is, too. And I think that's why everybody enjoys it now, because... Again, it, it's it's ridiculous, but it's fun ridiculous. It takes a long time to get to the things that are happening, but at the end of it, you're like, you know what? That's all right. Like, I don't feel like it takes an overt amount of time. There's no dead time in it. It's just kind of kind of a weird plot. So it, yeah. it kind of has ebbs and flows. Um, we didn't mention the the drunk in uh, oh yeah Samira who you know is kind of they wouldn't hire thing. me. I'm a local boy. Yeah. yeah, kind of a staple of a John Carpenter thing. He's like, well, you know what I would do? I'd burn the whole place down. And then later they they meet him in his shack and he's like, I was just joking. And they they kill yeah. him with the, you know, like all that. They rip his head off. They do. Yeah, which is what I really remembered. If you've noticed all the movies I usually talk about, the scene that I always remember as a kid is when their head gets pulled off or whatever. Well, it's, it's disturbing. Yeah. So I, I I do think that that dude digging his fingers into the guy's brain and breaking his nose yeah. from the inside is That's brutal. Way more yeah, that there's something about that that's just kind of like I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, that's that's brutal. That's some Bruce Lee stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, there you go. This is this is Halloween three. I think it's fun. I don't dislike it. I, I think there's some problems with the the whole way the the plot goes along, but that's just kind of a sign of the times. Yeah. I, I really think that, that it, it, it's plotted. Well, the timing is well, the tempo is good. The, the, the kills are, are excellent. Yeah. The, the, the plot is weird, but in a way that makes you interested as opposed to, um, you know, dismissive. Well, as Lou, as we said, and this is kind of an Italian thing too, they borrow from all these different sources, but really when you come away with it, there's nothing else like this movie. No. So maybe that's what makes it stand alone. And, and it's because they're pulling all these different elements and making it something in original. But uh, see, I see, I don't know why it's called Season of the Witch. Me either. Because the only thing he says is witchcraft at one point, And that's it. Right. Right. Like maybe they're trying to say the Druids were witches and therefore it's kind of a return to that. But <laughs> no one knows who they were. <laughs> oh, what they were doing. <laughs> so for all you Spinal Tap fans everything. out there. <laughs> Stonehenge, where the demons dwell, where the banshees live, and they do live well. <laughs> but yeah, I where mean, a I, man is a man, and the dancers dance to the pipes of Pan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Spinal Tap, man. I wanted to see where they like, you know, where there were where those zodiac signs like Scorpio and stuff like on the stage. That was the Leo <laughs> Lion Man. You, I love this one because you're the Cancer, so you got the crab face. <laughs> Oh, we have to save that for another show. We haven't done Spinal Tap either. There's so many movies out there. I know. It's ridiculous. Yellowbeard. Yellowbeard. Yeah. Zero the Gay Blade. So weird. Yeah. (laughs) Zero the Gay Blade is kind of hidden. Yeah. For a reason. (laughs) I don't know. I enjoyed it when I revisited it. I was like, all right, it's goofy. It's campy. It's good. Was it Alexander Hamilton? Is that his name? It's no. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> it's, uh, George, George Hamilton. George Hamilton. The man who's known by, for his hand. Yeah. Yes. Him yes. and Roy, Roy Schneider. Yeah. Once bitten. You know. That, yes. That, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Any final words on Halloween 3? Halloween 3 is fun. I'm glad that, that I watched it. It's been too long. Yeah. Um, and like it's it's got some weirdness to it, but it, that just adds to its charm. Yeah, I, I like it. So same here. I just it's enjoyable. Uh, if you're expecting Michael Myers, you're gonna be disappointed. But yeah. if you haven't seen this one, give it a shot, man. It's got some scenes in there making wow. Never really seen anything like that before. And to me, that's what it's all about. Show me something different. Yeah, I think it would have worked great in an anthology. Yes, and that's. That's where they were going. Yeah, so it, it and it totally feels like that too. That's right, like you know, like when you feel like, next, well, we got three minutes left of screen time, we gotta wrap this joker up, you know. <laughs> so and again, yeah. you know, that's the great thing about the anthology is that it doesn't necessarily it, it's a snippet of time. So it right. starts and finishes as part of an ongoing story. Even though we have three missing days in it. So yeah, I still don't get that. It's the sex to page, man. I'm telling you. October 23rd. And then it's like, oh, by the way, it's Halloween. Yeah. So that Why maybe maybe we time? can make a sequel, right? In search for the lost days. Oh, my God. They were boring <laughs> days because they were still like the hospital. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, before anybody came and set themselves on fire. So. Well, we just have like 100 kids getting witch masks, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I want to get one, too. You can't have one. I ain't got the money. Yeah. Save your life. <laughs> All right, folks. That's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm glad we got a chance to get together and do this because I hate to bother you on your vacation. But, hey, it worked out great. No, it was a good time. It's a good and time. And it's Tommy Lee Wallace's birthdays, y'all. Happy birthday, Tommy Lee Wallace. Yeah. Thank so, you for Friday Night too. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's probably Ooh. my favorite. Yeah. That's a good movie. It is. I might, I might have been like, I don't know how sarcastic I was when he covered it, but I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's good. It's good to revisit. So, cool. Folks, we will check you later. Adios. <laughs>